shoes. You miserable beast, she said. Just look at this. How am I ever going to explain this? A rabbit ate my dress? Good grief. She glared at the rabbit and decided it was the fattest one she'd ever seen. Extraordinarily cute, too. Big and fluffy, with soft brown fur and droopy ears. And it was smiling. Yes, she was sure of it. The blasted thing was smiling at her. She knelt down and stroked its glossy back and soft ears. Two large shoes appeared beside the rabbit. White tennis shoes that had seen better days. The laces were broken and tied in knots. And the left shoe was stitched together with what appeared to be surgical sutures. Trying to steal my rabbit, huh? A voice said from far above her. Megan looked up. She could have picked him out of a crowd as the rabbit's owner, she thought. He reminded her of the rabbit. He didn't have big floppy ears, of course. He had nice little ears that lay flat against his head and were begging to be nibbled. And he wasn't fat. He was just right. In faded jeans and a leather jacket with a red wool scarf wrapped around the neck. But he did have the same incredible chocolate eyes. And his hair was brown, just like the rabbit's, and just as strokeable. He wasn't handsome. He was cute. Slightly upturned nose and wide, smiling mouth. A few laugh lines fanning from his eyes. Definitely very cute. And very huggable, just like the rabbit. Is this really your rabbit? she asked. He scooped the animal up and held it in the crook of his arm. You bet. We're roomies. Megan pressed her lips together and swept her skirt out for his inspection. Well, your roomie ate my skirt. Are you kidding me? I hope he doesn't get sick. He narrowed his eyes at Megan. Bad enough you tried to steal him. But feeding him your skirt? You should be ashamed of yourself. Megan's mouth dropped open. He was joking, right? He held out his hand. Patrick Hunter, nice to meet you. But don't do this again. Without thinking, Megan shook his hand and mumbled, Megan Murphy, okay. She watched in astonishment while he gave her a funny sort of look a quick appraisal that lingered for an extra moment at her mouth and ended with a boyish, almost embarrassed grin. He turned on his heel and sauntered away, disappearing behind the scuppernong grape arbor. Megan shook her head abruptly. Don't do this again, she repeated silently. Had he actually said that to her? Of all the nerve! She didn't care how cute he was. If she ever saw him and his rude rodent again, she'd tell him what for. She smashed the paper bag into the empty cider cup and stomped off to the gunsmith's shop. Don't do this again, she muttered. Had he been kidding? She wasn't sure. Patrick Hunter smiled as he opened the gate to a small, fenced-in backyard. Megan Murphy, he mused. He'd never met anyone so perfectly named.
She'd looked like an apparition, standing in the autumn leaves in her colonial dress, with all that glorious silky red hair escaping from her white ruffled cap. She was obviously one of the costumed visitors' aides who sat in front of the craft shops and took tickets. She was average height and seemed to be of average build. But there was nothing average about the riot of freckles that marched across her straight little nose and dusted her rosy cheeks. And there was nothing average about her mouth. It was soft and pink and full. He'd almost kissed her. He threw his head back and laughed at that. Wouldn't she have been surprised? Wouldn't he? It wasn't in his nature to go around kissing strangers. He locked the rabbit in its large wire and wood hutch and shook his finger at it. It wasn't nice of you to eat her skirt. Now I'll have to pay for it, and I'm going to take the money out of your carrot allowance. Twenty-four hours later, Megan was practically flying down Duke of Gloucester Street. Her black shoes skipped over the brick sidewalk. Her long skirt showed flashes of white petticoat as she jigged through a pile of leaves. And her thick, wavy red hair tumbled free, swirling around her shoulders. It was five o'clock, and she had just finished work for the weekend. She tilted her face up into the crisp air and wrapped her long black cape tight around herself. This was her favorite time of the year. Crisp apples, nippy mornings, pumpkins and leaves and rabbits. She stopped in her tracks and watched the big brown rabbit hop down Duke of Gloucester Street and disappear between two buildings. That was no ordinary rabbit, she thought. That's what's-his-name's rabbit, and he was on the loose, looking for clothes to eat. She followed it into the little garden beside the bakery, becoming more furious with each step. Obviously, Patrick Hunter was an irresponsible pet parent, not caring if his rabbit got lost or run over by an ox cart or starved to death. Poor orphan bunny, she said. She hefted the huge rabbit into her arms and grunted. Okay, so chances of it starving to death were slim. There still was the ox cart to worry about. Martha Greenwald and Betsy Markham, fellow visitors' aides, peeked into the garden and waved at Megan. I see you've got Dr. Hunter's rabbit, Martha said. Dr. Hunter? Megan repeated. He's just moved into town, a pediatrician, fresh out of residency and cute as a button. Megan pressed her lips together. The guy with the ratty sneakers and leather jacket was a pediatrician? He must have gotten his diploma from the Acme School of Medical Make-Believe. The man was clearly loony. He should take better care of his rabbit. Dr. Hunter's a little disorganized, Martha said. He's not all settled in yet. Betsy petted the rabbit. Don't you think it looks like Dr. Hunter? They both have such big brown eyes. Megan nodded. Everyone seems to know Dr. Hunter. He's taken over Dr. Boyer's practice. Dr. Boyer retired last month and moved to Florida, Martha said, smoothing out the wrinkles in her apron. 
My daughter took her little Larissa to Dr. Hunter last week, and she said he was wonderful. Anyone know where this wonderful person lives? Megan asked, shifting the weight of the rabbit to her hip. Nicholson Street, Betsy said. I returned his rabbit two days ago. He's living in the little white cottage across from the cabinet maker. Megan set her chin at a determined angle and marched off to do battle with Patrick Hunter. She didn't care if he was pediatrician of the month. He had no business fathering a rabbit if he didn't intend to take care of it. Rabbits weren't exactly brilliant. This one probably had a brain the size of a walnut. What were its chances against hordes of tourists and overzealous gardeners? Remember the tragedy of Peter Rabbit's father? Don't worry, she told the bunny. That's not going to happen to you. I'm going to give that Patrick Hunter a piece of my mind. By the time she reached the Hunter cottage, Megan was sweating profusely and had resorted to bundling the enormous rabbit in her cape and slinging it over her shoulder like a sack of potatoes. Lord, she thought, what did he feed this thing? Rocks? She stopped at Hunter's front stoop to catch her breath and to reassemble herself and the rabbit into a more dignified appearance. Before she had the opportunity to unwrap the animal, Patrick Hunter flung his front door open and grinned down at her. I saw you stomp up my stairs. Is this a social call? She swung her cape off her shoulder and into Pat's outstretched arms. I'm returning your rabbit. He shook his head at the lumpy black bundle.